This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath. I am hosting the show for you this evening, as I do every single Sunday evening live. If you have any questions for me at all, give me a call. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Matt doesn't bite. He'll take your call and we'll uh, chat about whatever you like. Your relationship, your dating game, your sex life, your health. And right now I'd like to talk to you about a health condition that affects men. HPV, have you heard of it? Human papillomavirus. Did you know that it raises the risk for head and neck cancers? Did you know that, Matt? I had no idea. That sounds bizarre. You didn't know that? I can't believe it. I feel like I have not educated you. Honestly. You've done pretty well so far. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you're only paying attention to certain things. Um, Yeah, I feel like I've talked about this a number of times, and yet every time I talk about it, somebody is surprised by it. I had a patient in my office who was actually diagnosed. He was 46, diagnosed with throat cancer as a result of HPV, and he was tremendously stressed, needless to say. Uh, It can lie dormant in somebody's body for a long time, so you may or may not know who um, you contracted the HPV from. And a lot of people get HPV, and they just shed the virus. Their immune system takes care of it, and you know it's very common, if not the most common, um, sexually transmitted infection. So, yeah, head and neck, throat, tongue, tonsillar all these cancers. It's interesting. I remember when they released the vaccine, I think I was in school when they started vaccinating girls, but they weren't vaccinating men at the time. And how much sense does that make? Zero. When you, when you, when you vaccinate half of the population and, to, you know, a lot of the one half of the population has sex with the other half of the population. I would have assumed... You're not going to eradicate it. I would have assumed it was because men didn't get it at the time. See? False assumption. This is why... Sex education is so important, but it's, it, well, men don't get it. And that's, no, that's aside the point. <laughs> that's another reason we have the show. Um, no, I, uh, you missed my joke. I did. I got it now though. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, this is a very important sexual health discussion. And in fact, uh, the boy, little boys in grade six have not been offered the free vaccine but they will be starting September 2017th, which is great. So Pharmacare, MSP will cover the vaccine, the HPV-9. So it covers nine strains of um, the virus. And the most important one being number 16, HPV-16, because 70% of oropharyngeal cancers um, are caused by HPV-16. So that is excellent. So hpv refers to over 100 type types of viruses that are easily transmitted during sex. This is easy to get. Uh, some of the HPV viruses are harmless, but others cause cervical cancer, which is, which is pretty well known, I do believe, penile and anal cancer. They can also cause genital warts. But HPV increases a person's risk for developing head and neck cancers. It's connected to the head and neck cancers, too. And as I said, 70% of oropharyngeal cancers, according to the National Cancer Institute, uh, and that's generally the middle section of the throat, the soft palate, the base of the tongue, and your tonsils. Um, So this HPV um, 
16 is um, HPV 16 is one particular strain of HPV 16 and is HPV 16, sorry, and over half of oropharyngeal cancers are caused by that one particular strain. So that's why it's important the Gardasil 9 uh, does cover, amongst others, the HPV 16. So it's important because since, you know, if you hear of somebody with head and neck cancer, whenever I hear of that, I automatically think it is um, HPV. But it's it's in about 70% of oropharyngeal cancers. So this um, these statistics are from the research that was done by some American researchers out of the National Cancer Institute, and they looked at close to 100,000 people who were cancer-free at the start of the study. And all of the participants provided a mouthwash sample, and that was used to test for the HPV infection. Of Over the next four years, 132 of the participants, and 78% of them were men, developed oropharyngeal cancer. And the researchers determined that the risk of developing cancer was, was higher for those who had had HPV-16 in their mouth. HPV can be transmitted through any type of sexual activity, but it's highly tied to oral sex. So that is why it is very important that couples make sure they use condoms during every single type of sex act, including oral sex. Now, if you were in a guaranteed 100% monogamous relationship, uh, which the fellow in my clinical practice was not. He was married, but he had actually been having an extramarital affair, uh, and which hence his stress and his worry and his concern and this secret that he was keeping as well really impacted every domain of his life, his personal domain, his professional domain, his family domain, every single domain, his financial domain as well. And so that's why it's very important. And this will help to reduce the risk of sexually transmitted infections. And this research comes out of JAMA Oncology, the Journal of American Medicine. Uh, It was published online in January of this year, of, uh, sorry, one year ago. Um, And the study is associations of oral and HPV types with risk of incidence of head and neck cancer. If you want to look further into this um, research. So uh, this is very important. I'm hearing anecdotally that people are not practicing safe sex, that they are engaging in unprotected sex. So just so you know the risks and understand the risks, this is a very common sexually transmitted infection, easy to get. Most people have probably had one strain of HPV or another throughout their lifetime and a little bit of Russian roulette here in terms of which one you get and which one is going to cause you some trouble. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath, registered nurse in the field of sexual health, coming to you every single Sunday evening live from the CKNW studios downtown to talk sex and and life and health and fatigue. And fatigue is one of the, it's actually the number one reason for low sexual desire in women. So I do have a couple of prizes to give out for you to help you with your fatigue and ladies so do pay attention but uh, and I also have a a treatment option for you if you're feeling overwhelmed if you're feeling like you're doing it all 
if you're feeling like nobody's helping you, if you're being tugged at by children, if every single uh, part of your body is being pulled out by one or another, leaking from every orifice. Anyway, um, you know what I'm talking about, ladies. Uh, it's We have a lot on today. And Debbie Lee Evans, she is an interior designer and realtor from West Vancouver, is joining me in the studio to uh, give us an idea on how to help women clear their minds, perhaps, and uh, make life just a little bit easier. Welcome to the studio, Debbie. Hi, Maureen. Nice to see you again. Thanks. Great to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here. So uh, I've heard about the man cave. I yeah. know about the man cave. I have a fear of man caves. <laughs> and, um, you know, what what can women do? Women are exhausted today and women have difficulty. Often women will say, I can't even go to the bathroom without being interrupted by, you know, the uh, little feet underfoot. Exactly. Um, and the man cave is popular. Everyone talks about it. It's a huge design feature in homes, etc. But if you do have a house and you have a garden shed or a space out in the back, um, a lot of people, some people have never heard of it, but they call it a she shed. So a lot of people are now looking to take something like that and renovate it and create a little bit of an escape for the woman or the mum. So that she can go out into the garden, you know, create this space where she can relax, play music, read, you know, do yoga, meditate, but just a little place out in the garden where you can just kind of get away from it all. Nice. And you can have perhaps put a little fridge out there, perhaps, if you like. And um, also, yeah, store some things. So the prizes I have for you tonight, ladies, are one rather large bottle of Smarty Pants Women's Complete Omega-3S, Omega-3, and CoQ10, uh, along with vitamin D and a lot of other good nutrients and minerals, a large bottles of Smarty Pants vitamins for you. These are non-GMO vitamins. In addition, if you do have wine out there in your she shed, uh, you might have a look. It's an go important back, thing to have. An important thing shed. to have out there, <laughs> indeed. However, uh, you may have just a little bit too much. And when you return to the the manor, shall we say, um, you may have a little bit of a hangover. So there's a new product on the market called WEN. It, too, is a vitamin and mineral nutrient shot. And it's actually <laughs> good for hangovers. Because it's so healthy, Matt's putting the headphones on. <laughs> because it's so healthy for you. And you may be tired. And you may not have a lot of energy. And you may you know, have a headache. And so WEN is good for all of those uh, symptoms. So if you want to call us, 604-280-9898 or star 9898, you can pick up your little fatigue package here, right down here in the studios. Did you um, have a question, Matt? I was just going to say pickle juice normally works for me when I'm hungover. Pickle juice. You know, I was talking to a pregnant woman and she said that she wishes she could just buy pickle juice straight. Can you buy pickle juice straight out there, anybody? Can you help out a listener? I'm sure there is. (laughs) I'm sure there is. Anyway, uh, so... Um, so the she shed, so, you know, it wouldn't have to be that expensive. You could probably pick up a, a wooden one, at least try and try to stay away from the aluminum ones over yeah, at Rona. Exactly. No. <laughs> um, at least to have some t- taste, some style. Um, and so put this on your property. Would you need a permit to put a, a she shed on your property? Um, well, it depends on how big it is or what it is, but if, you, and if you have something already, um, you can renovate it usually, um, very often fairly inexpensively. Yes. And, and where would you go inexpensively, for example? 
Um, well, if it's already a structure that's there, yes. you could just you know paint it, fix it. It doesn't have to be um, insulated, depending on what you're going to do with it. Okay. But if it is, if you don't have you know heat like water and heat and stuff like that, you could run that to it, which will increase a bit. But you could keep the cost down. <laughs> okay, great. You could head out to IKEA as well. Of um, course. But yeah. I have Simon. He is a tired winner. Hello, Simon. <laughs> Is it Simon? Oh, it's Simon. S I M O N E would be Simon. Hello. Okay, I get called Simon all the time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have known it was a woman. <laughs> I thought it was a guy saying, My wife is really tired. <laughs> and that would have been, you know, a miracle, actually. <laughs> that never would have happened. <laughs> so, how come you're so tired, Simon? You know what? I work 10 hour shifts. I work. Um, I work picking up dead bodies all day long. Oh, and then I come home and where I do you work? Um, in the Lower Mainland. Oh, and what are you? Uh, um, I'm a removal person. A body removal I person. Really but yeah, I just I remove a lot of people who have died on the streets and things like that. Oh wow, you deserve more than some vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> five kids and four grandkids, so I'm exhausted. Uh, you are exhausted. Well, these vitamins are certainly going to perk you up, and they taste good, too. They're gummy bear vitamins. So they're, excited. Well, they're I'm gummies. They're not gummy bears. They're gummies, so they chew nicely, and you oh. get to have six of them. That's oh, the, that's even better. That's the dose, exactly, just a little sweetness there. And then when for you, for when you have too much wine along with your fatigue and everything else. Well, thank you for the great work you do, and thanks for the call, Simon. And back to the she shed. Uh, I think she needs a she shed. She definitely needs a she shed. If there's somebody With out there, with a lock and a key, so she can lock herself in. No kidding, and really loud music, <laughs> yeah. um, so nobody uh, enters. So, um, so you could decorate it pretty easily. With IKEA, yeah, perhaps, and you could or even, you could put some um, patio lanterns or lights out there. You know, something romantic so that you could go out in the evening. Comfortable furniture. It doesn't have to be big or extravagant. It can be, you know, somewhere where you do gardening and relax, or do yoga, meditation. And you can put a little couch or a bed there so you could lie down and have a nap, perhaps. Exactly. Just have a rest. Have a, a rest. Yeah. So it can be, you know, multi-use. Absolutely. Solitude, time for it's really important. In fact, I prescribe to women all the time in my clinical practice to just sit and do nothing for an hour. And they actually cannot even grasp the concept. And they feel guilty. They do. There's a huge guilt around taking a break. I feel it all the time, too. I don't. They don't (laughs) understand. Not at all. They don't understand. In fact, I'm going to start on my she shed tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, They don't understand the concept of doing nothing. It's hard. For for a whole hour. And it's basically to sit and to reflect, as you say, to meditate, to do some yoga. Make sure it's comfortable. Make it your space, your she shed. Even just for an hour. Just, you know, just pick an hour or evening. If you could get a whole evening out there, it would be fantastic. Exactly. Um, Or maybe you you are in need of a full night's sleep. Perhaps the children are waking you up and no one else is waking up in the house. Exactly. And so you can go and have a little... Just tell your partner, listen, I'm going to go camp out tonight. I'm going to go camp out. I'm I'm staying out. It saves you the money of the... No hotel. Four Seasons Hotel or the Hotel Vancouver. You know, it's pretty expensive to stay in hotels. 
in this city. And uh, yeah, so I'm loving the She Shed. I know. It's really become hugely popular. And if you go on Pinterest or House and places like that, like houses, H-O-U-Z-Z.com or Pinterest, and you look up She Shed, you'll see tons, like hundreds and thousands of ideas of what you can do to create them. And a lot of people just don't realize, like, what what is a She Shed? How can you do it? Tons of ideas of what you can do. Sometimes it's so simple. Um, or it could be, you know, if you don't, you just need somewhere to escape. I think it's a great idea, yeah. and I and I do think we're so busy. We are overscheduled. We it's are overbooked. Insane. We're yeah. making play dates for the kids, which is the most ridiculous concept. You know yeah. what has our world come to? And but also, you know, this has to be a sacred space, so nobody enters. Nobody's allowed under lock and key. An it can't turn yeah. into a playhouse no, and that's what for the children. You would create a playhouse in a second for your kids. Exactly. But when the, the concept of creating a she shed, you know, you, people will sit there and they'll have doubts. Maybe I should turn it into a place for the kids. No, they play all over the place, everywhere, all the time in the yard. That's right. Um, you know, create a place for you. I agree with you. Thank you so much. And your website, Debbie Lee Evans, is... Uh, DebbieEvans.ca. That's fantastic. So anybody in the Lower Mainland can contact you for your creative ideas yes. and great advice, we'll especially around place to escape real estate. Yes, you're over in that expensive market over there in West <laughs> Vancouver. <laughs> anyway, great to see you. Thanks for Thanks, coming Maureen. into the studio. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath here, hosting the show for you, talking about sex and everything that's related to it. And one of those things is body image. And it body image is certainly related to obesity. One in four adult Canadians and one in ten children have clinical obesity. And that equates to six million Canadians living with obesity. And that means those people may require support in managing and controlling their weight. And you just think, well, you know what, just stop eating and start moving. But that doesn't work for everybody because oftentimes excessive weight, which is tied to sexuality and sexual self-esteem and how you feel about yourself, but it doesn't mean to say that large people can't have great sex lives. I'm not saying that at all. It's it's really a matter of how you feel about yourself and, and how you strut your stuff. You know what I'm saying? But there are a number of reasons that people gain weight. They could just be overeating like I have been the last couple of weeks. (laughs) And it just comes on so quickly, but it's so difficult to take off. Like, what's up with that? Anyway, so it's not an easy issue, and it's definitely not just eating extra and not moving that much. I've actually been moving more because I'm training for the sun run, and I'm I'm eating more too, so that's the wrong equation. But gaining weight can be related to poor sleep, medication side effect, something that occurred in the womb, uh, metabolic syndrome, metabolic issues. So there are so many issues that are related to this particular health issue, and this transforms the lives of millions of people. And in that situation, images matter. So we have a, a large number of people who are dealing with this issue. And so needless to say, you're going to be seeing lots of pictures around it. And so probably the last time you saw a photograph uh, attached to an article around obesity, you probably saw somebody sitting on the couch with a bag of chips and a Coca-Cola in their hands and uh, not moving and sort of this slovenly picture. Well, 
there is some evidence to suggest that using healthy pictures, using pictures that show obese people actually live normal lives can be helpful in the fight against obesity. I remember when I first started working with the fantastic doctor that I work with, Dr. Stephen Kay, who's going to be a guest on this show soon, he assures me. (laughs) Um, But he's amazing, and I've been with him for 14 years in clinical practice. And uh, um, he said to me initially, don't ever tell anybody to lose weight because they never will. And I initially, you know, weight is related to overactive bladder, for example, or, or stress urinary incontinence, leakage of urine with increased abdominal pressure from the result of coughing or jumping on a trampoline. It's related to hypertension. It's related to erectile dysfunction. And so I wanted to tell the patients this, and but I needed to say it in a diplomatic way. And it took me years to be able to say this diplomatically to people. And now I just say it straight up. Uh, I get these guys that come in, often listeners from here, that uh, book an appointment and they're like, I've got erectile dysfunction. I'm like, okay, well, let's um, do your blood pressure and uh, let's measure your abdominal girth. And let's, um, you know, you're putting the headphones on there, Matt. No, (laughs) Um, let's measure your abdominal girth and you know, how, what do you eat and how much alcohol do you consume and, and you'll need to lose weight. And they'll say to me, yes, my doctor told me I needed to lose 10 to 15 pounds. And I'm like, well, I'm here to tell you you need to lose 28 to 35 pounds. And they're like, what? Um, but that's the reality. But for people who are obese, if they lose 5 to 10% of their weight, that's a tremendous feat. But utilizing pictures that are appropriate, pictures that show real lives that people are living happy lives uh, can facilitate this um, weight loss or facilitate healthy eating. And the Canadian Obesity Network has launched an image bank named Missing the Picture to better portray people living with obesity so that they're, you know, holding children, they're at the park, they're, um, you know, working because they want to leverage these images so that represent this chronic uh, medical condition, which is often progressive, and they want to leverage this in a way that is fair and non-biased, because people who are overweight, there, there can be a perception and, and there can be discrimination. So the gallery missing the picture is a free resource, and they're encouraging uh, members of the media to utilize these photographs in their articles around obesity and weight loss and healthy uh, living and in terms of helping people to adhere to a healthy lifestyle in terms of eating and dealing with their anxiety because that can also be a contributor to weight gain. Often people will say, I'm, I'm, e- I'm emotionally eating. Um, and Or if they're sleep deprived, they, they may eat more the next day. Fatigue is, is a big reason um, for increasing the calories. So it's just something to think about. And images matter so much. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I know you guys out there love to just cuddle. And you're always just saying to the woman in your life, let's let's cuddle. I just feel like cuddling. I don't really feel like having sex. No, actually, the opposite is true. And the second she comes near you, she's thinking, ah, this cuddle is going to lead to sex. (laughs) 
Anyway, it cannot be music to your ears, guys, when you hear All I Want to Do is Cuddle, but it is music to the ears of some newborn babies over at Victoria General Hospital who have instituted a cuddle program, which is, I've actually worked in a neonatal intensive care unit, and the lights can buzz and the machines can go off and the babies are crying and the parents are coming in, the door's opening, and, you know, there's an emergency happening and uh, it's noisy and loud and uh, there's a lot of volunteers that are giving up of their time and uh, just holding babies, which is a yeah, lovely thing. It sounds fantastic. I just read about that not long ago, actually. I Did can't remember you? where I found yeah. it, but just kind of perusing the internet today. And I mean, I'm I'm not from Victoria, but I lived there for the last seven years. So kind of cool to hear that they're they're kind of leading the way in new Exactly. New I, ideas. I think it's great. You know, there are, are some other um, cuddle programs that kind of creep me out. The ones where there's people gather together in homes, laying on carpeting, hugging each other. But, you know, it shows you the need for human touch. Human touch is uh, so important in our lives and at every single stage of our lives. So um, if you want to go over there, I'm sure they, you'd have to go through a program. I would imagine a criminal check in the whole nine yards. You can't just turn up and say, I want to hold um, babies. Um, but but if you did and were willing to go through the process, I'm sure they'd love to have you. Another um, article that was in the news, uh, women no longer need to wear high heels when they are working in restaurants, which is um, progress. Yeah. I've got some friends just like that are in Australia and in the UK, and they're blown away that people actually have to do it. The people actually have to wear high heels. Have to, no longer. Yeah. Uh, that that law has been changed. So that's that's kind of nice as well because, um, you know, it actually you know wearing pumps something I love to do, <laughs> but I can do it as my choice. I don't have to do it um, because somebody tells me to do it or when or if it's my feet are aching, I don't have to wear them. I actually spray a little Sierracil on them. Um, but I can change over to flats if I want to. But but uh, in restaurants, that was part of the job description. And people were uh, running around and carrying trays and risk of slipping and injury and um, swollen feet and aching feet and painful feet. So anyway, that there's some progress here around that. And the other thing, Matt, I don't know if you have seen this, but I thought this was an interesting article as well. This was around, um, you know, the internet is just loaded with pictures and images or, of so many things. And, and often women who are single may need to look at a particular image, a naked man, for example, and um, on, they'll find them on the internet. But women are getting increasingly tired of men's faces. And so there are banks of just the penis that uh, women can look at. So they were <laughs> the women were no longer wanting to see the long faces of the men, I guess. And so it's strictly the penis that they're actually um, offering. So there, there's Interesting. banks of those. See, yes. I've always been told not to send that to girls. Uh, yes, you know what? Men love to do that. They, for some reason, they love to send a picture of their member to anybody, and they feel that the woman receives it well. They, that's their, you know that's what? They anticipate, I've got guy friends that have sent that fo- photos like that to guys just to be like, oh, I mean, look at it. Little comparison. I mean, there is a little bit of an obsession with uh, penises for men. I, I do believe, I mean, I don't have a penis <laughs> myself, but I know a few people who have one. Um, so 
So I think they do have a little love fest with their own penis, and they think that everybody else wants to see theirs as well. So that was just interesting also, I thought, in in the news. Um, I also wanted to mention I had a patient in my clinical practice recently, and she was a mom of four children, and she'd been married for about 15 or 16 years. And there were some odd behaviors of her husband, she, but she kind of let them all go. She'd actually even found him online uh, or sexting with another woman maybe about a year ago, I think it was. And about six months ago, she actually saw particular words that led her to believe she was dealing with a sex addict. And those words were what, what flipped the coin for her, what turned on the light, what made her think, this is a bigger problem than I thought. She had forgiven him the one time where she had found him communicating with a woman online. Um, but when she saw that he was seeking a threesome, she knew. And that was kind of the cover for what lay beneath that And what lay beneath that was she learned that her husband, and this came as a tremendous shock to her because her husband was very shy in the bedroom. They didn't have a particularly explosive or wild sex life. In fact, she was had the higher sex drive, she felt, in the relationship. He wasn't very exploratory. He didn't really, it was kind of the humdrum, same old sex. He was had little body image issues. But as it turned out, he actually was later diagnosed with a sex addiction. And it was those words, him seeking out a threesome, that was the beginning of her seeking what was wrong with her husband, what was going on. So not to say that everybody who seeks a threesome is a sex addict, but if there are other things that going on that are going on, there are other... Um, she was as shocked as anybody because the way she described him, he was like the little good Catholic boy who hadn't had much experience. And in fact, they um, were each other's first um, sexual experiences. So we're going to go to break. And when I return, I'm going to tell you about some of the signs of addiction from the book, Don't Call It Love, Recovery from Sexual Addiction by Patrick Kearns, PhD. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath, where you're talking sex addiction. Sex addiction is a progressive intimacy disorder. It is characterized by compulsive sexual thoughts and acts. Like all addictions, its negative impact on the addict and family members increases as the disorder progresses, and this cannot be overstated. It is a tremendously horrific, uh, progressive condition, and it's controversial amongst healthcare professionals. Sexual addiction is also called sexual dependency, hypersexuality, for females, nymphomania, for male, satyriasis, uh, it's compulsive sexual behavior and sexual com- compulsivity, and it is a phenomenon where people cannot manage their sexual behavior. There's a great book, which is called Don't Call It Love, Recovery from Sexual Addiction by Patrick Carnes, Ph.D. Uh, some of the signs of addiction, he starts out with a woman uses a vibrator so intensely she burns herself and has to go to the emergency room. 
A 31-year-old man married and father of three small children has been having sex with men in hot johns since he was 17. He got married to stop. You know how that turned out. He went through treatment for alcoholism to stop. You know how that turned out. Well, you may not have guessed that he, this gentleman got AIDS, and so did his wife, and they are both dying. The priest has a $1,000 a week prostitution habit. His only way to support the habit is to steal from the parish that he serves. A 35-year-old school teacher is stunned as she watches Looking for Mr. Goodbar and recognizes that it fits her life with frightening accuracy. And a 38-year-old dentist is furious about his wife's sexual unavailability. He secretly drugs her to have sex with her. Other people may know. You may be the last to find out. This sex addiction is something that stresses a person tremendously. They're living a secret life. They're living two lives often. People with sex addiction live with so much secrecy and so much shame. They may drink to deal with some of the feelings that they have. These are just some of the stories that Patrick Carnes deals with in his book, don't call it love, recovery from sexual addiction. Patients that I've had in my clinical practice that have had sexual addiction, and I may have been one of a number of therapists that they were seeing, uh, because it takes a team, it takes a multidisciplinary team. Often, often I've been on call for some patients uh, so that they could phone at times where they hit the fork in the road, and they didn't know where to go. Uh, they, they've been women who've had sex with five and six men in a day, in the same day, and the anxiety leading up to the sex acts, and they were sex acts. It wasn't actually lovemaking, which, which is why this book, Don't Call It Love, is so poignant, because it's about the sex. It's about seeking the sex, and often anxiety belies the seeking the sex, and is also compounded by the seeking of the sex. About 1% to 3%, depending on what study you look at, of people have sex addiction, but it's increasing because the Internet is inc- uh, increases the exposure to it. And so everybody, well, 65%, not everybody, but a lot of people have smartphones. 65% of people have smartphones, have a computer in, in their hand, and they have the ability to check out porn immediately. And that can actually fuel that addiction because it actually releases all of those feel-good hormones in the brain and those neurotransmitters, serotonin and dopamine, are released and you get pleasure. And you're greater, you're at much greater risk if you have had an issue in your life that has gone unresolved, which is often what lies beneath any type of addiction. So over the coming weeks, I'm actually going to be speaking with sex addicts on the air. I'm going to be reviewing in depth what it is and what it isn't and going through some of the characteristics and some of the issues that sex addicts deal with, some of the discrimination, some of the judgment that is placed upon them, some of the issues in sex addicts anonymous groups because, think about it, a whole bunch of sex addicts are getting together in a room Uh, sex addicts often tell me that they can tell a sex addict from across the room. So this is not necessarily at a a group meeting for 
sex addicts anonymous, but this might be at a party. And so they can, they can tease each other out in that room. Um, because, and there are certain characteristics as well. And there's also treatment programs for sex addicts. So if this is an issue in your life, if there's something that you're, you've noticed about the person that lies next to you at night, denial is a drug and it takes a while to admit to certain things or to understand that certain things are wrong or certain things are just seem a little bit um, off or the behavior of your partner is becoming increasingly unusual or strange or they're on the internet quite a bit, um, they're staying up late. So there's lots of uh, different signs which I will be reviewing in the coming weeks. But uh, for now, the show is over. Matt, thank you so much for a uh, great show. My pleasure. Can't wait for next week. Helping. Uh, you're, you always do such a great job helping me out, and I really appreciate how keen you are. Um, in helping me and uh, a big part of this program. So. Oh, thank you. I have a blast doing it. So. Uh, well, namaste, my friend. And uh, you can go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. You can follow me on Twitter at back, the number two, the bedroom. I am on Instagram, Maureen.McGrath. You can go and watch my TED Talk, which has had over 2.25 million views, but who's counting? <laughs> go to YouTube. I am Maureen McGrath. Remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. Until next week, have a sexually healthy week. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.